Episode sixteen, uh, you know, doing doing it up right, as it were. Sweet sixteen, yeah, uh, so sweet. Almost in something of a rhythm, yeah, almost. Um, this is—is is this the first week we'll have something that I, I that I showed you? Oh wait, no, we have had other topics in the past that I brought to you. I guess for yeah, like one yeah. other. I'm sorry. Is this? Are you are you looking for credit? Yeah, sometimes I need it. Right, yeah. Well, I will. When we get to that, I will. I will shout out my shout out my here. praises. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> we'll start off very, uh, you know, simple news, as it were. The uh, MP3 patent has finally expired. Uh, it's been around that long, you know. Wow. Uh, the unfortunate thing is a lot in a lot of uh, is the MP3 what twenty years old or yeah I guess so yeah um, or maybe older I think I think about twenty yeah um, the uh, the unfortunate thing is there was there were a lot of fucking sites that for some reason uh, made the headline MP3 is dead because the patent expired. <clears throat> There won't be any further uh, development on MP3, but there really hasn't been in twenty years say, anyway. It, yeah, isn't it kind of just a? Yeah. What does it mean though that the patents up? I mean, what's the? Well, because uh, what's what's? I mean, it, it was already pretty much ubiquitous. I mean, almost every single device could play a you know a fucking dvd player could play mp3 yeah i was about to know. say everything can play an mp3 um a lot of car stereos doesn't and such. The, doesn't this just mean that more people will be able to use mp3s that couldn't before isn't that all it yeah means? you can now you can now package an mp3 encoder decoder into your software into your operating system into your um car whatever you know without having to pay anybody so that's really all there is the license is up but <clears throat> You know, the, the people are talking about these other. There's a whole bunch of other um, uh, uh, formats for audio. The people, Og Vorbis has been talked about, and Opus and AAC and things like that. Uh, the writer of uh, Mark for all the talk, I've never seen any of those actually used in any kind of real setting. You have. You just didn't know it. Okay, fine. Well, known about it. Um, every video game you play uses Og Vorbis for audio. Okay. So there you go. Um, And I believe Spotify uses Aug Vorbis as well. And iTunes uses AAC. Hmm. So, yeah, you've been using them for a while. All right. Yeah. That was a big, uh, you know, it was a big thing that they, I mean, they were probably one of the first to use AAC as it is. Um, in fact, I think it stands for Apple Audio Codec. Yeah, it is, yeah, I do. I, do I think, think you're but about you know, um, but it, Marco Arment, the writer of this article that, that says MP3 isn't dead, and and essentially everybody's dropping the ball on missing the much better story, and he's just basically saying that it's nice because now there's. It's supported everywhere by everything and is patent-free. 
There's never been another audio format as widely supported as MP3. It's good enough for almost anything. And now, over 20 years since it took the world by storm, it's finally free. So there you go. That's what I was saying. It's like it seems like it's not dead. It's more free now. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. It's not – it ain't going anywhere for a long time. Yeah, I, I, I would agree the with that. The top him. of the top 500 podcasts, 1% use uh, – publish in something other than MP3 format. No, oh, okay. So – yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be around on MP3 for a while. Uh, I don't know what that will change as far as the landscape of of various devices, um, but it seems to me that if you are using a patent free alternative to just save a couple of bucks um, that was inferior in some way, now you can just use MP3. Yeah, and you're good. So <clears throat> there you go. Good to know. That's that. Um, HP is in some uh, heat as well they fucking should be. There was an audio driver for Hold their- on, wait. Before we move on, I just had one quick question. Sure. MP3 versus MP4. MP4 is basically the video version of MP3, correct? Um, well, MP3 is actually MPEG-2 Layer 3. And then MPEG-3 was supposed to be- Because MPEG-2 is also a video. There's a video code. Layer okay. 1 is video. I don't remember what Layer 2 is. But MPEG Layer 1 is video. MPEG Layer 2 is, I don't know. MPEG Layer 3 is MP3. That's what's, what. M- what's MP4? MP4 is MPEG 4. Oh, okay. So it's a yeah. completely different thing. Yeah. I use it. Uh, MPEG 3 never took off. Nobody wanted, nobody wanted to deal with it. It wasn't, it wasn't a big enough of an upgrade over MPEG 2 for anybody to bother with it. The patents on it, the licensing was really restrictive. It was, it was quite shitty. Um, so MPEG-4. I'm just making sure I'm not crazy being like I remember when I first started watching porn get, getting some videos in MP4. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's MPEG-4. Okay, all right. Uh, and instead of using MPEG-4 for audio, it uses AAC for audio. Actually, I mean, you can it's – a, it's a container format, so technically there's a lot of different – but the default uh, for QuickTime is H.264 video encoding and AAC audio encoding. So Okay. There right. you go. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's a confusing. Yeah, is when whenever I, mean, like, I see what those the hell together, is M4V? You know, that's another I always one. think that those two things have to be related because MP4 or an MP3. That was just a that was just a wise marketing decision. That's all that is. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, what what should we? How should we? Uh, what's the file extension for MPEG4? Well, maybe MP4, and then people will recognize mp3 and be like oh it's like that but for video hey, listen i'm on a podcast that's called wpf just because we wanted people you know misspelling wtf to you know oh, I see. maybe okay. also accidentally <laughs> search us you, you search go. wtf we, we might pop up mm, i see you okay, know okay. high searchability we're, we're piggybacking right, mark right, maron right. there <laughs> so uh hp in their um in uh Two dozen models of laptops, this effects, has an audio driver made by a company named Connexant or Konexant, whatever it is. Essentially, um, for whatever reason, there's some kind of debug mode that you can enter for the audio driver. And they install a key logger in your system to wait for that command. And What does that mean in English? A key logger is a bit of software i mean sometimes it's hardware but you need the software anyway so let's just talk about the software software that literally logs every keystroke 
If you can see in this example okay. here, you can see in the example here, it says J Doe tab football one two three tab corporate. So if you saw that in a, and by the way, it logs all of these keystrokes to a file in on your hard drive. That seems very poor decision making. Very very poor decision making. No matter how secure your laptop may be, you've got a file with literally every keystroke, which, which of course, they end up looking like this, where it says tab or space bar yeah. or things like that. It's very easy to look through a file that came from a keylogger and figure out what's usernames what's a, what's and what's username password. Yeah, because you'll see, you know, apple.com return. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know. Alex underscore Mandelberg, you know. So, yeah, it logs. It was it was waiting for this debug code to come through. And so it logs every keystroke just to see, you know, in case you type in the debug code. And it dumps it into a hidden log file that thousands and thousands of people have on their laptops now. How, I mean, <laughs> but that's the thing. How, at what point was that? Like, when did they have the meeting where they talked about this and they were like, this is a good idea? I, I, I wish I knew. I don't know. It seems very strange to me because the the kind of programmer you'd have to be to <laughs> in, to to in your software provide a debug option is also not the same programmer who's like, yeah, let's make it a keylogger, and we'll just dump all everything into a log file. Like that just seems that's it's the dumbest. And a yeah, corporate guy isn't going to make that decision because it doesn't help their bottom line at all. In fact, who came up with the, like? Yeah, I don't know. I, it, it, everything about that just seems I. I'm trying to think the only of thing one I can time think, where this would be a good idea. Like, the only no, thing we I needed to think. record all of the keystrokes, right? Just in case. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of fucking one. I, I think what possibly happened is it was in their beta slash alpha code when they were programming it, when they were testing. And so they just had that for themselves and then forgot. Uh, That's the only thing. I okay, that makes sense. If you're going like, okay, I, I want to make sure that I didn't mess anything up in my entry. Yeah. I mean, a debugger is, you know, a debug tool. I could show you a very simple version of it in every browser. Well, not every browser, but almost every browser. You can right-click and click Inspect Element. And you see right here, there is a debugger. And this is all the JavaScript code that's running on, you know, this page. And it's a lot of it. Yeah, well, it's because I have a lot of weird things installed for shit. <laughs> but, um, I bet you do. But uh, uh, you could go into that code and I could go into a JavaScript file and put what's called an interrupt switch in there and it would just stop the code at that spot. So if I was like debugging to figure out where in my code it's throwing this error, I could put a breakpoint in there and it'll stop there. So if I didn't get that error before the breakpoint, okay, then it's after the breakpoint. So you just set a couple of breakpoints, Okay, wait for it to break. And then you go, ah, there's it's somewhere in here. It's that spot. Yeah, exactly. Or it, you can it narr- sometimes. It narrows your target. Yes. And then there's also sometimes you can have things where like it's outputting data while it's running. And so you can figure out at what point in output it's breaking. You know, wh- wh- you know how far along in the process did it get? 
you know, like last night with the Netflix loading and it's 25 percent and then yeah. breaking. It's like, well, OK, well, then, you know, you're seeing that load that way. So anyway, a debugger is very useful, extremely useful when you're programming to have something that debugs, to have breakpoints, to be able to test your code. Very important. And very useful. But saving all your keystrokes. But saving all your keystrokes and not not remembering to remove that code before launch. Seems and not even encrypting them. No, no. I mean, no encryption whatsoever. No. Just straight logging no, the keystrokes. No, it, it, it logs actually directly to the user's public mictray.log files. That's a public folder. No Which means also... That if you're on a network, you could read everybody else's because public is shared on a network. You wouldn't even have to, you know, hack it. You could just... You wouldn't have to log in or anything. Yeah, correct. You could just... If you know where to look, you could look. If we went war driving with my laptop looking for unsecured Wi-Fi and happened to cross an HP laptop, I could grab this log file. Yeah. From, from the car. Ooh. Yeah. Ha. Have you ever done that just for fun, theoretically? <laughs> no, I I think I told Not necessarily I, this, but like just drove around looking for I open have, Wi-Fi to see what you could do. Did, did I not talk about it last time we did? No. This? Oh, yeah. When we, I, t- we talked about the theory of it with the uh with the I would drop the cameras I, on the dildos. Yeah, no, I would I would go and I would drop like text files into their Dropbox kind of thing. Not 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 the Dropbox that's actually Dropbox.com, but there is what's called a Dropbox is a sort of generic term for a, for a write-only folder that everybody has on their network. And they can read it, but you can't, but you can write to it. So I would drop like little hello messages or something like that or check the basement, which is, you know, in California, fun to do. Because <laughs> no one has a basement. Yeah, yeah. I think once I printed something, I think I printed like a like – a, picture of a cat to somebody's printer or something i don't remember <laughs> really yeah just for the just, just for fun it's just like, to freak them out yeah go ahead the thing is you, you'll never know you'll never know what your reaction was they might just be like honey did you print a picture of a cat no huh that's weird the printer <laughs> just printed a picture of a cat i wonder why i, <laughs> I could have printed a text file that would have been ominous but i just thought no no cat picture um yeah it's fun so Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, this has uh, this keylogger has been exi- has existed on HB computers since at least Christmas 2015. Ooh, that's a long, that's a lot of HP. It's a year and a half now. The log file. There was a time they were the highest selling laptop too. Yeah, uh, probably no, certainly not in 2015. But no, you know, God no, no. But um, the the uh, what was I going to say? Fuck. Um, the log file does rebuild itself every on restart, but who restarts the goddamn computer? Yeah, nobody ever does that. Yeah, so um, just put it to sleep. Affected HP models include HP Elite Books, HP Pro Books, HP Z Books, HP Elites, and you can also check to see if your computer is at risk by looking in System Thirty Two for MikeTray.exe. Or MikeTray64.exe. And uh, if you see that, uh, remove them. You don't need them. They are not necessary for your audio so driver you to throw work. the file away. It- no, not the file. Those are executables. Oh, okay. So if, 
those are the programs that are running constantly in the background, logging everything. So you can just throw the program away and everything will be fine. You can throw those two programs away, yes, and you will not have this problem any further. All right. So there you go. Good to know. Yeah. Not uh, good on you, HP. That was very stupid. Yeah. So um, one of our, we got to talk about our favorite guy again. Elon? Elon Musk. Oh, what did he do this time? This is, is he going to give me I, a robot penis? I'm glad he did something stupid. Like I oh, like, no. I, I think this is a really dumb idea. You tell me. I don't want to. I'm not trying to lead the witness. All right, let me see this. It's a video. This is a test Just run of what he calls he calls the electric sled that would transport cars at 125 miles an hour through tunnels. So you'd get in your car in a tunnel, and this would happen. Oh, if it loads. Oh, no. Okay, here we go. So this is what happens. You'd be just in a tunnel in your car going 225 miles an hour or 125 miles an hour. That's a really – he wants to build these tunnels all over the U.S. That's awesome. That's so stupid. No, I love that. Okay, whatever. You don't like this? Well, first of all, this is giving me a seizure. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, they're going to have to develop some kind of blinders for the car. You so that, to, you, know, you, you need know. to swallow the mic right up in my ear like that. Sorry, sorry. I, I can barely hear myself in my headphones. Oh, that's well, okay. I mean. Then well, I don't know which one you are. Are you two? Is this getting louder no, for you? No, it's doing louder, nothing. Louder? No, no. Louder, no. louder, louder. Oh, no, that's no. mine. Okay, then maybe you're this one. Check, check, check. Yeah, there, there we go. go. There, 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 there it is. I would absolutely be down for that. Because you know that I, I hate traffic, so the idea of, okay, I'm going to go somewhere that – like let's say I'm going to San Francisco. And so I'm going, okay, well, I only have to drive like 20 miles to get to this tunnel. The tunnel drags me like 10 miles outside the Bay Bridge, and then I drive into San Francisco, and that drive only takes like three hours as opposed to six. I like that. Uh, I don't like it at all. I think it's a waste of. Uh, I think it's a bad idea, just because you can't do that. I, I, I most of these it's ideas. A waste, it's people, a waste of resources. Yeah, we should be focused on self-driving cars. We should be focused on self-driving cars. Yes, my bigger issue with this is more the fact that like, uh, this planet used to be Pangea, like one big continent, theoretically. And uh, 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 yeah, that's right. This is yours. Yeah, that's me. I'm looking for mine because you're like right up in my ear. And, and one big uh, like the the plates are always shifting, so tunnels like this won't last. They're not going to last forever. So what's the point? Of, invest in things that are more future proof. All right. So you went from being really excited to agreeing with I, me. I thought it was really cool. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, there are better ways to do this. Yeah. I don't understand why he why he's putting any energy or I talked money myself out of it. Or thought into this. It seems very strange. It's like, why would you? All right. Whatever. It'd be good for transporting like, you know, goods and materials and stuff like that. Mm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, you, you're something for the t- truck drivers to do. <laughs> uh, apparently, we're always trying to put them out of work on this show. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Apple has purchased a company called Bedit, B E D D I T, much like Reddit, but with a B, that is a sleep tracker, a USB sleep tracker, or Bluetooth, sorry, Bluetooth sleep tracker you put on your bed that tracks your sleep. And, you know, Apple's all into health and using the health app that nobody uses. And so uh, they bought Bedit. And it's a little device that 
tracks your sleep. I don't know how I feel. Mm. Well, that's the whole thing right now with the in the the new health uh, thing you need to worry about is sleep. That's been for like the last three four years. That's what all the all the headlines are. You know, when they're talking about health, forget the apple a day. Make sure you get seven solid. You know, whatever. Um, that's that's like the 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 edge of it all is like it's all about your sleep now. Um, so this would help you figure out like the optimal sleeping position. It will tell you how many minutes of REM sleep you got, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Just you know something to track your sleep. It'll you know it'll it'll log the times that you usually sleep during, so that you know thieves and burglars could know a good time to break in and. It's and Apple. Make sure They're you're sleeping so they can rape you in your sleep. Because who wants not, to rape a wide awake person? Am I right? They don't have advertisers. This is all your own data. They couldn't look at it if they tried. I just uh, whatever. I I don't buy the whole. Uh, it, you don't buy I, that sleep is helpful. I yes, it's certainly helpful. But I don't think all of this. I love sleep. Everything about all of these things, it's. I think it's all flavor of the month, and this isn't just because I, I believe this. Before I watched the episode of it on uh, the Bill Nye saves the world, I, I think if if eating healthy mattered as much as it did, there wouldn't be as many fat old people. If sleep mattered as much as it did, Albert Einstein and Thomas Jefferson wouldn't have lived as long as they did. Uh, there. Very famously, people you know who've lived long lives denying. I don't think that any one thing works for anybody to the point that it. To me, it's all just marketing stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, whatever they they get, they sell. They'll sell you a device. If I realize that's a shitty important. thing to say on a tech podcast, yeah, where usually yeah. we're marketing stuff. I, I don't really, <laughs> doesn't bother me, but you but know. the sleep thing, I just I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's a new flip. Like seven solid hours, you rarely get seven solid hours. You usually get like four or five hours and then a two-hour nap somewhere later on. No, I get a good – I get a solid 10 hours sleep a night. No. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Well, to, to last night I didn't. I think I went to bed at like 6.30 or 7 in the morning and then I woke up at 1 p.m. So that was – that's about seven hours or something. I, I usually aim for around nine. Um, I would say that's, you know, when I feel comfortable, if I wake up before then, then yeah, I'll pretty much check my email, make sure, you know, see how important I, it is for me to get out of bed. And then I weigh what, what there, there are two, I've know. noticed there are two stages of Mitch waking up because there's a lot of times that like I'll, I'll be up and I'll be in the living room and I'll notice all of a sudden Mitch starts posting things on Twitter and oh Facebook. no no! I my my morning tweets are scheduled usually the night before. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my god! Why don't you just post them when you write them? Uh, because I'm trying to maximize visibility. There's <sighs> there's market data for this. Oh jeez. Yeah. Oh, so I'm god. like, let me try to let me try to make you know I won't be awake at eleven thirty in the morning. Oh. But my Twitter will be. Oh. That's. That's deceiving. That's deceiving. <laughs> I, I That's guess. what that is. What's really odd. You're, you're making people think these are thoughts that you're having right now. And really, these were thoughts that you had days ago. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I, I, Twitter is supposed to be in the moment. Real. Uh, honest. Now. Oddly enough. Fucking schedule it. The number of times that I've scheduled a tweet when I was like, there's no way I'm going to wake for that. 
and then somehow woke up like three minutes before that tweet posted. It, it, I'd say it happens about 95% of the time. It's weird. Like I've had it where I, it's four or five in the morning. I'm about to go to bed. Ooh, tweet idea. Schedule it for 9 a.m. And I'll wake up at 8.58. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like my brain's like, all right. You have to be at least awake when we post this. <laughs> yeah. My brain's like, come on, your ego versus your sleep. Who's going to win today? <laughs> uh, I yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't. Amazon released a new product yet again for $230 in their Echo line of products called the Echo Show. It is a touchscreen Echo. And that seems really dumb. But uh, it's also only $30 more than the goddamn Echo we bought. Uh, well, not for what we Because we got to pay like the 99 bucks for it, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. But, we got it, but how they still. price it, yeah. Uh, you know, here's why I think this is kind of cool. A, it's now finally usable as a real alarm clock, mm-hmm. which it wasn't before. Uh, why not? Because you'd have to tell, ask it what time it was. No, you'd say Alexa, just uh, set an alarm for eight a.m. or whatever. And at eight a.m., it's like, hey, sleepy butt. Yeah, kind of. Ace out to bed. But also uh, for ordering things now. At mm-hmm. least now, when you say like I want to order this thing, it can bring things up, and you'd be like, "This one." Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. I might, I might be thinking about this kind of. I mean, I see it here on a countertop, and it's doing, and, and there's a video chat going on, and I'm like, okay, I could kind of see that being sort of useful. Yeah, like it's just just for Skype, basically. Yeah, I mean, right off, I, I, I the thing is, if I had one of these. That would be the way I'd – because I just feel so the future, you know? <laughs> just you're just like, here's my assistant buddy. Hey, assistant, call Alex on his video phone. <laughs> and I'm, I'm in there chopping onions, you know? I'm like, look at these onions I got from the supermarket. And you're like, look at these steaks I just bought from Costco or whatever. And, you know, <laughs> then, we're, then we're in the fu- – it does look like the future. It is. It's very futuristic. But. You can currently, right now, um, because we're Amazon Prime, we can buy two for the low price of only $360. What do you need two for? One for the living room, one for the kitchen? Eh, I don't know. We have one in the kitchen. It's the Alexa. Okay. You know. I don't know. I certainly know that Echo Look is still fucking stupid as hell to me. Yeah, I don't know why I had the link to the Echo Look up and not the Echo Show. The Echo Show? I'm down with the Echo Show. The Echo Look? Yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah, I don't know. It looks whatever. If you don't have an Echo and you want an Echo, I think your best bet would be to get the Echo Show. Yes, definitely. That seems a a much better option because the regular Echo is $180 and this is $230. So you're talking about $50 difference. Yeah, for a screen that that's pretty good. A screen you can touch. A screen that you can touch. I think a touching screen. I, I yeah, just, it says I, touch I, screen. Yeah, I would imagine it would be silly to put a screen on something you can't touch these days. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the thought there? Well, I mean, yeah, that's just silly. It's a screen. A you screen, can't even touch it. I got a screen in my car, you know, for the for the fucking useless GPS that I don't ever use. And it uh, and the amount of times I'm like, yeah, come on, oh yeah, that's right, it's not a touch screen. I'm ah. touching it. 2009, damn you! you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, so you wouldn't do that today. You wouldn't have a screen you couldn't touch today. Who is it? Screen you can't touch today, other than you know a monitor like for your for your desktop computer. Fair enough. Outside of that. 
you touch even all the, some of those now. Touch all the screens. You got to, you know. Well, Did I guess TVs. Eh. There's some touch touch I'm, screen TVs too. Some. I know, I know, but not all. Not, not all. Not most not of all. them. Most of them, I would say, are not. So anyway, um, there was a hack on the um, the the company that uh, was doing editing on. Uh, Actually, Orange's- no. It was, it was the company that was doing sound. I know the company. Who, it's the Orange is the new black. Uh, season five hack that we're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the name of who it was that got hacked. Uh, it was Larson who got hacked. They're uh, a sound house, from what I understand. I think they lost all of their Fox contracts because of the hack. Because of the hack, yeah. Uh, Precon got- Products Limited. Oh no, never mind. That's a different one. Uh. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, but I believe I I could be wrong about this, but I'm almost 100 percent sure it was Larson uh, that got hacked, mm. and they got the first seven episodes, and then tried to ransom them yeah. back to Netflix for f- what half a mil? I don't know something. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, I think it was like five hundred thousand dollars, and Netflix was like, "Do you not have the season finale?" <laughs> no. And also on a Venn diagram of I don't have Netflix. I do watch Oranges and or I did used to have Netflix, so I have watched Oranges the New Black. I'm excited about the new season. I only care about the first seven episodes, and I know how to torrent. And I don't want to wait a month. That's a very small, small, small. Well, and I also think that Netflix was going. Listen, we have a shit ton of very successful shows. Nobody is going to cancel their Netflix subscription because you happen to find the first seven episodes of season five. They're like, oh, you got the first seven episodes of season five? Cancel the Netflix subscription, honey. We don't need that anymore. Yeah. yeah. So that's where I'm it, – uh, it, I don't know why they thought that this was going to work. It's like what – you think you're going to shake down Netflix over – okay, good luck. No, all they did was lose a bunch of, you know, decent people who just didn't have great cybersecurity, a bunch of jobs because, you know, under, I mean, listen, I, I understand them pulling the con, you know, you have to have a repercussion if, if you don't keep things secure. I mean, I've worked in the film industry and security's a big thing. They don't fuck around with it. When, when we had, uh, when we had to tape, uh, film a scene where Jennifer Love Hewitt had to not be wearing a shirt in the scene and have her boobs out. Like I was responsible for the film. The moment it left the, the back of the camera to the point that I locked it in the vault at the offices at CBS uh, television city. Mm-hmm. And they're like, listen, you get to be in the room with her shirts off the problem, <laughs> like the repercussion for that. If anybody else and this photo ever gets out, we now can blame you. The point is we will be like we're letting you know you will be the body laying destroyed under the bus because somebody has to die if this photo gets out. Yeah, that is so. It's very serious. It just it it sucks that I know they probably lost a bunch of work because somebody thought that they were going to get five hundred thousand dollars for the first seven episodes of a Netflix series. Steal yeah. a cable series, you probably would have had a better chance. <laughs> Bless you. Thanks. Yeah, if you would have, if you'd have stolen um, first seven episodes of uh, Law and Order SVU, I was gonna say Silicon Valley or something. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I think it's some popular HBO show. You know? Yeah, something that's episodic and weekly, and not on a format that you know. Yeah, that you get all of the episodes at the same time, and also has a bunch of other shows that you love. Well, it's funny because uh, I remember years ago when uh, Apple was really, you know, they were they were the only game in town for essentially legal music, or yeah. even kind of before then. When they launched the iTunes Music Store, they they were fighting a, a seemingly unwinnable battle against torrent sites and Audio Galaxy and uh, Napster, things, say, Napster, things of these nature. The ones who the one who started it all, kind of yeah. So, um, uh, during that time. Th- Apple was making all these deals with music companies, record companies, and they were they were like, no, 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 we don't want we don't want people having digital versions of the things. And and Steve Jobs said, if we give them a quality, affordable alternative, they will not steal anymore. And the music companies were like, you're insane. They're going to steal, but it's a small percentage of people. They're always going to steal. Let's not help them. That was the battle. Yeah. And I remember it, the battle. Weirdly enough, Steve Jobs has turned out to be right. That's not weird. He's been right about most of those types of things, I feel like. Yeah. I don't even know weirdly. But um, as they were saying that uh, in this article that in 2011, BitTorrent was 23% of daily internet traffic. That's now, a lot, it feels like. Yeah. Now it's under 5%. Do you think that has anything to do with like the fear of the dark web and the Silk Road and all that fucking no. shit that happened there? No, not at all. I think I think it's just well, right off the bat, music. You know, I used to torrent music, and yeah. now I've got an Apple Music subscription, so I'm good. Whenever yeah. I want to hear an album, I just grab it from them. Yeah, and I don't have to pay anything extra to do that. I yeah. just download it from that. Store. I love the Apple Music. So you know, I told you I'm a big ass fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I resisted it for a while, but yeah. Now, now I don't torrent any music anymore. I just download it from iTunes Store, yeah. and I'm good. And then you know, for movies, you know, I I could torrent those, or I could just you know, pop on over to the Apple iTunes you know movie store and download it there for ten bucks or whatever. Yeah. Uh, or rent it for four or whatever. Now. I'm still in the very like I the, the the bitch of that is that like we have all these Apple TVs here at the house. Got 3 of them. If I if I buy a Blu-ray this day and age, this has been the case for the last like 5 Blu-rays I've bought. Buy a Blu-ray, it comes with a digital, digital copy. I always grab that and I put it in my iTunes library and then all of the Apple TVs in the house can access it and play it. No yeah. problem. Yeah. It's great. I'm like, awesome. It's wonderful. This is this is fantastic. Good stuff. If I buy the digital version straight from the iTunes store and save myself the hassle of going to the store or waiting for it to arrive from Amazon, you have to sign into my account to watch it. That's annoying to me. That is a little annoying. You know? It's a little weird. Yeah. I don't know why the I can't tell – I can't allow a, an Apple TV to access my account – for a little while or just for one film or whatever where I could on my phone say, yes, I authorize 
Alex Mandelberg's Apple TV to access this piece of content within my iTunes account hmm. for two hours or whatever. Well, to keep, I think, to prevent the Napster thing from happening. But if you do a time limited, where it's like you can uh, you can allow yeah, access, yeah, but it, it's still it's like how many times you know someone watches a movie once, you know, it's uh, I, I understand, I, I do understand that it's to prevent people. The the point is always like if you want to watch the movie, pay some money. Mm-hmm. That's how the movies get made. So if you buy the DVD and then let me borrow it. You know, I'm not stealing, but in their eyes, they're like, oh, oh no, no, fuck, I, you know? I would say it would be it would be simple. You you same way as the remote app only works when you're in the room of the Apple TV. I can't go, you know, a mile away, turn on the remote app and start streaming porn at you. <laughs> I have to be here in the house <laughs> oh, where I have to watch what's going to happen when I stream porn at you. That's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. Um it would be the same thing. It would be, hey, I, the the iTunes account owner, am in the room with a, somebody else's Apple TV, and I want to watch uh, a movie, or they, you know, whatever. Now, yes, naturally, I could just Sign turn it. on turn on AirPlay and beam it to the thing, but you know, whatever. I don't know. So there, that that still makes torrenting movies attractive to me. That I can torrent a movie and then it's available on all of our Apple TVs here. Yeah. Uh, I, I tweeted the other day, uh, the next multi-billionaire will be the person who convinces movie studios to agree with Spotify for movies. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. If ma- imagine that. Imagine the way that Spotify works if it were movies. It'd be more expensive, but yeah. Of course it would be more expensive. Being ungodly expensive at first. Well, isn't that what that fucking celebrity thing was that we talked about <laughs> the, the other day? The $80,000 special box? Yeah. Wasn't that that thing? Essentially, yeah. Yeah. That's How, essentially the same thing. Could they make it like, okay, you could pay off the $80,000 box in uh, like 520,000 installments of two ninety nine? I don't... <laughs> what if me and 80,000 friends just pay $1? I'm, I almost want to pull out the calculator right nah, now nah. to be like... 80,000 divided by, uh, let's see, 52 weeks in a year. You, let, you, pay, it on, you pay monthly. Yeah, let, let, uh, let's say a, a monthly. Okay, so let's say five, five years. That would be 56 months. So yeah, that would be uh, $1,400 a month. Well, now we're only talking about the price of rent. Yeah, no, you just need rent again. And you can have this box and pay it off in five years. I think that's fair. Sure. All right. Uh, In a big uh, surprise to no one news, but kind of also like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I'm kind of surprised this hasn't happened before. Colleges are starting varsity programs for video games. We may see the NCAA of esports soon. Hmm. Of course. Of course that would be a thing that happens. Yeah, I, listen, anything for the N- N- NCAA to make money, they're, they're all about. I don't think they literally mean NCAA, but they're saying essentially No, that. It w- I, that would be. It would fall into the National College Athletic Association. It's considered oh, yeah. a sport. They okay. would have to. All right, yeah. They wouldn't be, you know, it would, and so they would be allowed to be paid, uh, but they'd get free call. It would be another opportunity for kids 
who might not have gotten scholarships to get scholarships. Oh. Although I, I don't mean to stereotype, but there aren't that many kids who are super into video games in high school who aren't doing well in high school. Well, it seems odd to me because gamers are not necessarily always on a team, and they're certainly not playing for a college or something. So what do you – it's like – Yeah, no, you'd be playing for college and they'd bracket you out. That's they would do it the same way they do it in it the seems, uh, E3. That seems, that seems that seems a little odd to me at that point, where it's like you know. And they do have a few team. There are a few team ones. Uh, yeah, League of mean, Le- isn't League of Legends? That's team. Yeah, I think it's like five guy of, teams. A couple of those things where yeah, StarCraft and shit like that, where there seems. I'm just saying, generally speaking, it's it's solo. Is, do they and, still do StarCraft tournaments? Is that still a thing? StarCraft, I think, was was a thing when I was in high school. I don't I, – well, StarCraft 2 naturally, but um, I don't know. I don't think – I think Dota 2 is the big thing that everybody is you – know, well, not everybody, but that's that's still going around. And then there's Overwatch, of course. Yeah, no Overwatch. Uh, I don't Street Fighters, the, that's, that's, the, that's the top of the hill. Right. Isn't it? Isn't Street Fighter no. like – I thought Street Fighter was always the, the biggest tournament. I don't – I th- I would think now it would probably be Overwatch. Honestly, I don't know. Like I thought, League of Legends and Street Fighter, like those are the two that everybody was on board for. We can't have this conversation because neither of us know anything about it. <laughs> I, I know it. Like I, we, well, you and me watched the E three for Street Fighter. Yeah, that was fun. Which they said that was the last event of the weekend. Oh, okay. Which would make me think like that's the headline. Oh, I see. I see. I've watched. Uh, if you watch the Mortal Kombat ten ones. Oh God. Ooh. Ooh, those are so fun, man. So all of them are so good. I wouldn't. Yeah. I I have my own issues with the NCAA because I, I just I don't like the way they do business necessarily. Because I think the kids should be paid if they're making that much money for their schools. But uh, you know, it, it's it's also something where I like kids getting more opportunities for scholarships, even if it is for weird things. Uh, it does bring attention to the colleges, which isn't a bad thing. So, yeah, it's a, it's a it's got its ups and downs, but I I think it's awesome. I enjoyed watching the esports on TV far more than I thought it, I would. I we I remember we put it on like a joke. We thought we'd watch it for three minutes, get bored, and turn it off. And Yumi and Ruppel sat there watching it for well over an hour. Yeah, and yeah, we were getting into it for a while too. We were, we, we were. We were jumping up and down and cheering. I remember I was surprised at how good the commentary was because I was like, how do you comment on Street Fighter? It's like he punches, he kicks, he jumps, he kicks. Yeah, but there's like there's uh, there's um, uh, maneuvers kind of thing where it's like he's doing the uh, this kind of maneuver or whatever. And they were, they were also telling me like, oh, he's usually an aerial attacker. He likes to, you know, attack from above. Yeah, and here comes a super sweep and, you know, things like that. Now, like, will, he, oh, now he, will he turn that combo around? You know? yeah, he's, yeah. he's filled his energy bar up. Is he going to use it for defense or do a special? Or, yeah, you yeah. know, it, it was very – was, I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. I watched – I like – Ruppel caught me watching a uh, – um, uh, one of the, a Mortal Kombat 10 tournament. And he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I just I, – I, I, it happened to be there and I was like, huh. And I just kept watching. My weird thing is like I don't – where I wonder is I don't think they can lure these kids away from the professional field – at all, yeah. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I, I don't think I, I don't think most of these like I think most of these kids are like I would rather like I could 
I don't, why not just go pro? Because it's not a physical athletic like, uh, you know, a basketball, football, baseball, something like that, where you're like, no, we don't want a 17, 18 year old kid out there with 32 year old professionals with, you know, 12 years of strength training under him. They could really kill those 17 year old kids who haven't developed physically yet. You send them to college so they can develop their physical strength a little bit more. Whereas with video gaming, it's like, no, if you're, if you're pro level at 17, go pro. Yeah, well, they, that's Compete. the thing. That's Get the, money. That's the thing that's... Get paid, sucker. The difficult... Cash rules everything around me. Cream is the money. Dollar, all right, dollar bills all right. shut up. So what I'm saying, like, okay. I'm a, I got a college scholarship for pro esports. Yeah. For competitions. Mm-hmm. I go home at night, and I just, whether I'm practicing or just leisurely playing video games, I turn on my Twitch stream. Maybe I'm a really good Twitch streamer. Maybe I get hundreds of dollars a week for that. You wouldn't be allowed to in the NCAA. Well, but I'm not doing it through official channels or you'd some be, shit. You'd be banned from doing that. If they caught you doing it, you'd be kicked out of the NCAA. Huh. That's a bummer. Yeah. Hmm. All right. You're not, that's, the, that's that weird rule. There, uh, you might not remember this, but uh, there, was a, there was a kid. He was a, an Olympic skier. And he had won a gold medal, I think, for the U.S. in downhill and decided to go back to college, got accepted on the USC football team, and he was their kick returner. The NCAA made him give up his sponsorship deal, I think with like Wheaties or someone like that, that was paying him a bunch of money for the accomplishments he'd made as a skier so that he could qualify to play football in college. Hmm. And by the way, there's even less connection there. He's not making this money in sponsorship deals for football. He's making it for skiing. Yeah. And but it has had, nothing to do with the college that he's It has at, nothing right? to do with the college at yeah. all, but he had to give that up in order to be allowed to play college. Wow. wow. So I guess they couldn't – Yeah. I don't know. There would be a lot, of, a lot of weird regulations in there because, like, what, what do you say? He can't have a YouTube channel, or he can't video game when anybody can, when anybody's watching. You know, he can't profit from anything. Basically, yeah, that's bullshit. It is pretty bullshit. Okay, uh, moving on uh, in AI news, uh, I, I it, it has it has come to pass that. Um, a lawsuit has been essentially won by an AI machine. What? Uh, well, when you're going on a – if you're a lawyer and you're going on your fact-finding mission, yeah. you're gathering all this data and hundreds of pages of shit, and you've got all your – you've got a team of people typing all day long, wouldn't it be a lot easier to just let a computer do all that work? Mm-hmm. And in fact, that's what they've done. Really? Yeah. And so a human still had to present the arguments in court. Yes. But the arguments were all found by an AI software. Yes. And the, unfor- the the slippery slope, unfortunate part of this is not so much, okay, you took a quick little you know, shortcut or something, is that if you're the uh, defendant, right? Yes. If you're the defendant, you do not get to look at the source code or the algorithm that determined you, all of this data that they're throwing at you. Hmm. That's the part I don't like. Yeah, it's a little shitty. But also, I, I mean, I think it's shitty for more, you know, 
human reasons of the fact that I like how many like a public defender who sometimes only has, you know, 15 minutes an hour to prep a case to defend somebody and they're going up against somebody who's like, oh, yeah, I had a computer gather everything I need to bury your client. Right. You know, this person is not getting fair representation. Yeah, it, it definitely goes to the whole. This is why rich people get off and poor people don't, even though sometimes the rich person's guilty and the poor person's innocent. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no, it's 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 just an unfortunate thing that will it's just an unfortunate new reality of our of our thing, world. things like this. It's like you can't I don't feel like you can use things like this in the government or the judicial world unless it's available to everybody. Available? Yes. Affordable? <laughs> not so much. Fair enough. Okay. The technology exists for everybody. Actually, like, the- like not just theoretically accessible, but actually tangibly accessible. I understand. As Bernie Sanders said, everybody has access to buy a million-dollar home. Most people don't have the means. Uh, you know, I get that, but uh, no, nah, that, that's, that, that's fucked up. That's very fucked up. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Sorry. Are you texting somebody? Work stuff. You got, you got some hot coos? No, work stuff. Aw. Yeah, I know. I know you'd have preferred uh, I, of it was coos. If, if it was, I wouldn't text them back. Make them wait, you know? <laughs> Absence makes the heart grow fonder. As it were. Um, in, in much more positive... Hold on, I think I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> Gesundheit. Thanks. Um, much more positive tech news and AI related somewhat. Uh, researchers are working with uh, virtual reality to create worlds filled with penguins and otters as a promising alternative to painkillers to fight the opioid addiction epidemic, which I think all around, I don't see anything wrong with this. So what, like you just put on these goggles and you just see happy penguins and otters walking around in regular life? From the article, it's like a crawly feeling inside, says Judy. You get hot, then chilled, and you feel like you want to run away. The 57-year-old has short... She explains that she's suffered from constant debilitating pain, arthritis, back problems, fibromyalgia, and daily migraines. Yeah, fibromyalgia ain't a joke. My bubby don't shut up about that. Uh, she was a manager in a major electronic company until 2008, but can no longer work because she hurts too much to even make it out of bed. Um... So I'm trying to find the part where it says what she's um, – It's a whole lot of – yeah, we get it. Opioid, opioid painkillers. People take a lot of them. Yeah, I'm telling you. Dude, it's a thing. I know. It's a whole thing. It's a huge thing. People take it a lot. Um, I, I, I got prescribed the, the opioids when I fucked my knee up once and i when i came in they were like do you want me to write you a refill i had to scream no at him before i could think about it because i was like yeah i fucking do but i shouldn't because it doesn't hurt anymore um god i hate the way some of these articles are written yeah i know they really it's one like they, cold august morning yeah Fuck they, off these already. writers love the look of their own words on the page oh, god I swear to God, it's like they jizz on a piece of paper, rub it in, pour ah. glue on it, and see what words form. 
Researchers believe that the sense of immersion created by VR feeling physically present in the virtual location is crucial. It works because it tricks your senses into perceiving that the computer-generated environment is real, says Rose. VR becomes a place you are, not something that you are watching. So, essentially... I would imagine if you're... So you'd be walking around with this VR set on, going about your normal life with a VR headset on? No, no. Obviously, this would be like a therapy session. Oh, like you just sit down for an hour and put, pop this on and like, oh, otters and yeah. snowmen. and Yeah. Yeah. You're in a really weird world where you're walking and shit. Maybe you can't walk that well. You know, maybe you're walking around in this virtual world and you feel like you're walking and it looks like you're walking. And San Junipero? Yeah, something like that, essentially. For any of you who watch, you know. Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Might get that reference, but. Yeah. Uh, well, we can't, you know, no spoilers here. But, uh, yeah, watch watch San Junipero and uh, Black Mirror. Uh, it's on Netflix. And if you don't have Netflix, I don't know what you're doing with your life, but. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing it all wrong, I can tell you that. You've never Netflix and chilled, which means you're not living. You ain't living, man. So, all right. The big news topic. Woohoo! The one that Alex brought to me uh, was the massive cyber attack that crippled UK hospitals and spread globally. This was. 120 countries? Uh, I think so, yes. It was the Wanna Crypto and Wanna Cryptor variant of a uh, nasty little bug, it was. And uh, <clears throat> what it essentially did was. Um, they called it ransomware. Yes. As well, I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah, yeah, sorry. So it was essentially uh, – it was able to spread via the network, which is – you know, once you got a virus doing that, you're, more, you're fucked. Um, and once on your computer – Is it, that a difficult thing to make a virus do, make it spread by, by a network on its own? Uh, not it, anymore. It seems like a type of AI kind of. Well, you know, it's a matter of sniffing packets and going, "Hey, can I jump to another system by jumping this packet?" It's a it's a little complex because essentially what it did is what's called escalating privileges, and that's it's a big that's the the probably like the 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 the, the holy grail, if you will, of of um, of hacks when it comes to viruses is the escalation of privileges. What that means is. Um, you know when you try to run an installer on your computer and then the box comes up and it's like type in your system password? Yeah. That's because it's about to make some high-level system changes and put files in places that it does not have the permission to do so. And by you entering your password, you're saying, no, it's cool. Go right ahead. So you've given it the privileges it needs in order to put those files where, it, where they need to go. Okay. Imagine if I was able to remotely uh, launch an installer – and install those files in place, and you didn't have to give it your password, and it still did all that stuff. That's escalation of privileges, is ah. when you're just basic user that does not have the permission to do anything to the file system. But you can. If you are able to get more permissions from from that spot without entering passwords, that's an escalation of privileges. Okay, got it. That's, we don't want that. Uh, but if you're a virus maker, you sure do. <laughs> you sure as hell do. Um, because if your virus relies on escalation of privileges, then it's very easy to spread because you don't need any privileges to get it onto the computer in the first place. And if once it's on there, it's able to get its own permissions, oh boy, are you fucked. Oof. So and that's what this was able that's to do. That's what it was able to do. 
it escalated privileges spread across the network would look sniff packets try to find a, so a, all a that computer. a fancy way of saying this was a very very a, a Mona Lisa of uh, yeah of viruses uh, it, it, very very close I mean um, save for one critical error but I'll get to that in a moment and then uh, so you would come to your computer and your screen is just Lockdown, and there's a big hey, we need you know five thousand dollars in Bitcoin. Here's a link to go buy some. I thought Bitcoin. it was like three to five hundred dollars. It was like it was hundreds of dollars, I think, like per system, three five hundred dollars, three uh, to five hundred dollars. You might like be that. right, I can't really remember. Yeah, I remember because I read about it. They're ransoming each system off, anyway. Yeah, from about three hundred dollars. Yeah, three hundred dollars. That's what it was. Sorry, uh, yeah, and uh, it was hey, go buy some Bitcoin and unlock it now. Um, on the, on the GitHub, there's uh, somebody put up a fact sheet for the uh, cyber weapon powered ransomware worm, as they like to call it. Um, every Windows version below Windows 10, if it was not patched since January, uh, it you you were you were vulnerable, and uh, it was uh, it was it used the uh, a thing called double pulsar. So that was a uh, that was the, the the exploit that they used. It's a okay. thing called double pulsar, and that's that was what was able to uh, lock down the files. Now, the reason it, for the ransomware, what would have it was it was encrypting all of the files on your drive. That's what it would do when it launched. It encrypts all your hard all your drive files. So even if you were to close out of the ransomware warning notice or something just to be like go away i don't want you on my screen well you're fucked anyway because you can't fi- you can't access any of your files they're all encrypted um and i do believe that's the double pulsar um part of it um you can see in the malware samples that they have if you want to see malware code oh, i don't know it's pretty, don't... it's pretty neat it's not dangerous or anything don't worry uh is this the code that they actually used? This is the actual source code. Uh, this is the risk assessment from Payload Security. Look at this. It's fucking crazy. It's kind of all of the uh, remote access. Contains a remote desktop-related string. Reads terminal service-related keys. <laughs> Gesundheit. Uses network protocols on unusual ports. Deletes volume snapshots. Detected uh, indicator that file is ransomware. Disables startup repair. Grants permissions using... ICACLs, DACL modification. That's that escalated privileges. Correct. Modifies auto-execute functionality by setting and creating a value in the registry. Yowza. Spawns a lot of processes. Tries to suppress failures during boot. Uh, found a dropped file containing the Windows user. Blah, 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 blah. Opens the mount point manager and sends along. Um, That's a lot. I mean, this, this was... All right, let's see if I can find the actual – if they're showing the actual source code. It looks like they're – oh, yeah, no, no. Didn't uh, they – because somebody kind of quote-unquote took responsibility, didn't they? I haven't looked into it since. It was uh, – hold on. I know, I know the name of the group because I, I sent it to you. Uh, Lazarus Group. Ah. I feel like I've heard that name before. I don't know anything about it, but – I've heard that name before, haven't I? I don't know. I don't think so. Hmm. Aren't they like kind of like the number two behind Anonymous as far as groups that do? I mean, Anonymous always says it's you know for the social justice. This was for profit, but 
Hmm. So they're kind of the opposites of each other, I guess. Well, now I'm not finding the actual... Somebody had a sample of the actual code. Um, it was kind of fascinating to look at, in fact. Um, it says malware samples, but that's just that, that looked more like a report. Oh, there we go. That's the code. Looks like standard... Uh, but yet it C. can do so many awful things. I think it's C. Although, no, it's Windows. I think Windows uses Access or something. I don't remember. I had my own theories about like what this person was trying to do, and you had your own theories about what they were trying to do. And I think we agreed they might have been doing both. Yeah, well, there's there's the there's the obvious, you know, right off the bat, oh, they want a couple hundred bucks from everybody, and you get enough of them, and you know, it, it adds up. And then there's the part where I also said the secondary thing of with how cheap Bitcoin was, and the fact that you could drive the price up by making a bunch of people buy it. I think you know this guy might have been like, I'll buy a bunch of Bitcoin, drop this on people. If a bunch of people go out and buy it, that drives up the price of the Bitcoin. Then I get their Bitcoin and a big high ROI on the Bitcoin I already bought. Right. But this seems uh, – and, and that's probably a majority of it. But then there's the other side of this is that it's not – this – it came from the NSA, essentially. Yeah. Not necessarily the code itself. That wasn't necessarily the problem. Uh, it's not like this was one of NSA's um, uh, programs that they actually used or anything. Um, but it contained the exploit that the NSA discovered and didn't tell anybody about, including Microsoft, because of course they didn't, because they wanted it for themselves. So they were the ones that found the exploit that this virus was able to uh, utilize. All, in fact, all of the exploits. Um, and then they got hacked, and that was a that was a like last year. There was a big thing yeah. about the NSA hack, which they never admitted that they were hacked. They always were like, "No, nah, we weren't hacked." Yeah, no, somebody was poking around in some stuff. It's all fine. Um, and then we this kind of thing comes out. Now uh, they did once they were hacked. They did finally, uh, and actually, no, a uh, uh, a hacker group. Well, I think the hacker group responsible for hacking NSA started releasing source code and actual full-on executables that the NSA had in their little cache. And uh, <clears throat> one of them was this particular or or was at least this this exploit. That is when the NSA went to Microsoft and like, by the way, we found a hole. <laughs> Figured you guys want to know about it. And Microsoft was like, yeah, thanks. Would have loved to know about this three years ago. But when, when you fuckers found out about it, but thanks. Thank you. Appreciate. So they immediately pushed out a mandatory update, even updating old XP systems. Which wow. is, you know, yeah, that's that's old. Because that's that's end of life, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it would – my understanding is they, they could remotely update them. So, you know. Um, but, you know, people don't run updates. So not a lot of people have the update installed, the security update installed. Um so that is kind of the bigger deal here. Um, and, it, and it harkens to roundabout last year when there was a whole hubbub about the FBI asking a Apple for help unlocking this iPhone. And they said, could you just, could, could we just give us like a tool that we could use to like 
try unlimited amounts of passwords or something? Yeah. Or maybe well, you, you could just remotely unlock this? Or could you make it so that you could one day remotely unlock phones for us? And Apple said, no. No, because that's not going to ever end well. There's only one way that ends, and it's very bad. Yeah. If we don't do that... Oh, if it only the happen. people if only the people at Apple had never watched 1986, this wouldn't be a problem. That's sarcastic. But What's 1986? It's the man, you know, controlling everything. You mean 1984? Oh, 1984. Sorry, oh. sorry, 1984. Okay. Sorry, that's all right. That's I, I'm born in '86. Oh. I, I don't know why. I thought '86. All right. Anyway, yes, you're right. 1984. So this is this is this is. Proof in the pudding right here. If you wanted proof in the pudding that Apple was fucking in the right by telling the feds to go fuck themselves, th- th- this is your proof. No tool that can be used that well for evil is only ever going to be used for good. Yeah, that's very – it's, it's just it, – you, no. You, you, if you had that power to unlock any iPhone remotely especially, that was their whole – they wanted them to build in a back door for them. If you could unlock any iPhone remotely, even if it was only used once, it's, it's it it would immediately be the every iPhone is suspect. Every well, and, iPhone and it is, also shows it, that you know the NSA can spend just as much time spying on people at home as they do spying on people abroad. Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing they have they still have all this even newer software obviously because the the, the hack was from older stuff like yeah three four year old <clears throat> software so they and, and they're constantly researching exploits and when they find them they build entire software suites around that exploit so that they can get in and fuck around on shit um it's a dangerous place to be because it's like well, if you shut them down, if you like shut out their funding or something like that, well, anybody who's there is just going to be like, well, if we're shutting down, I'm going to take all this software and go home. Yeah. So you'd have to tell them to destroy all of their everything, which I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. You, you, you built a monster you can't kill. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to keep it alive also because – It could kill you if you try and kill it. Yeah. And, and also you, you – I guess at least it's in the good guy's hands, sort of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Ish. Ish. Um, so, yeah. If you shut it down, it immediately goes to all the bad guys. That's really all that comes down to. Um, now, what's interesting is uh, there was a kill switch. That's what that's the virus is undoing is the kill switch. Now, out if, of curiosity, because we'll talk about what the kill switch was, but the fact that there was a kill switch – doesn't that kind of lead more to this was a government pro like it at least yes obviously was altered but started as a government program because government programs always put in nice simple kill switches because they want to be able to turn it off if it comes against them well no i i think if, if you're making a virus that can escalate privileges and spreads via networks you, you, I think you, anybody reasonable would make a kill switch for it. I feel like this, not if you want to watch the world burn. Yeah, but I but, would think you'd want it to not never be able to be turned off. Yeah, but again, burn, motherfucker, burn on your own computer. I mean, even just again going back to debugging. <laughs> 
how are you going to debug software that uh, immediately encrypts the hard drive? It would end up encrypting uh, you know, all of the files you use to build the damn thing. So if there's a bug in the program somewhere, then you won't be able to fix it. Now you're fucked. So no, a kill switch would be very, would be very common. It's a very interesting kill switch, though. Um, it would try to pull up the domain name IUQERS. This fucking like 42 character long weird ass domain. It's just a bunch of random numbers and letters, mostly letters, a couple of numbers. And what it would do is try to call up that website. If that website responded, the uh, the virus exits and uh, cleans. It's fine. Nothing happens. It leaves completely. It just goes, all right, that's fine. So on your own machine, you would... Does it uninstall itself? Uh... I, I, I don't know. It just says it exits. I suspect it probably does. Well, maybe not uninstall itself, but it doesn't launch. Hmm. So uh, what you would do is on your local computer, your, your, uh, your development machine, is you set up what's called a hosts file and you change your DNS and you type this long-ass domain in there and then say, point that to my machine. This way, your machine, when it tries to pull up that long-ass domain name, would be like, Oh, yeah, yeah, that's definitely a website. We're good. So the virus would launch. It would go, yeah, that website's up, and then delete. And then delete itself. Um, but then uh, it got out. It, people looked at the source code, found that domain name. Uh, and uh, what they did, they used what's called sinkholding. It's a DNS sinkhole. Essentially, all of the world's DNS servers have a permanent entry now for that weird-ass domain that resolves to essentially nothing but resolves immediately. Doesn't it seem weird though that he would have like such an elaborate uh, – Well, you'd need a remote kill switch right off the bat. Such, a, such an elaborate uh, virus. Sinkhole.tech, where the bots party hard and the researchers harder. <laughs> That's where that domain goes now. <laughs> so yeah, it's a sinkhole. Essentially, it, it doesn't really do anything except exist. But I, why would – why would someone who obviously worked very hard on this virus make it so easy to turn off? It's because he not, just figures whatever the two days that a couple hospitals are like, well, well, we need our computers right fucking now. Just pay it. I'm sure a few people did pay, but I'm sure many people, almost every a lot of the hospitals, I'm sure just paid. But it's not it's not that easy of a thing to do. The way you're describing it, it seems like as long as you have a power user on staff as your IT guy, he can figure it out. He would have to have access to the source code. He would have to know that it's trying to pull up that particular domain, and he would have to know why. I think that if you were checking network packets and you saw it try to access that domain and it didn't, I think you'd be like, aha, it's trying to, it's trying to call home, which is also a common thing for malware viruses to do is they call home with information they've grabbed from your computer like let's say that log file created by the audio driver <laughs> god i feel so bad for everybody with an hp laptop right now because uh whew, that's bad news yeah if you were if you want to if you want to so this wasn't you want to cripple the world's computers make a virus like this that uh, that attacks hp laptops and looks for that log don't file give, don't give russians that's, ideas uh, 
Uh, believe me, somebody's <laughs> somebody is definitely already working on that. I am not giving any new ideas because it's such an easy file to find. And by the way, you don't need an escalation of privileges to find it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. Yeah. So this, so this you, wasn't so that be, easy to find. You would be, yeah. So you'd be checking your network, right? You'd be like, you'd be sniffing your own network to see what this virus is doing. And you'd yeah. see the virus call up this long, weird-ass domain. And you'd be like, ah. And you'd think it's calling home. And you'd go to pull up the domain, and it would just do nothing. It would just say, not responding. You know, server doesn't exist. If you, if I just type in a string of random characters and put a .com on it, that's what it would say. Yeah. Safari can't find server. And you'd be like, hmm. It's probably spreading so fast and far and wide that the domain it's trying to reach has been DDoS'd, which is a denial of service. Yeah. Distributed denial of service attack. So that would be your theory. And you'd call it a day. And you'd be like, well, I guess the good news is it, it can't call home. Hmm. That's what I think you'd. That's that, the, that, that's the impression that I think you'd all have. Because right, when you first described it, I was like, that seems like a very easy, like like he made it very easy to turn off for something so complicated. Why would you put a big glaring kill switch on it? Right. Well, it is now. It's now. It's it's automatically turned off for everybody because everybody who has this virus is able to reach that domain. Yeah. So it's just it it was removed the moment the DNS was singled. Huh. That's. Which is that's the, the other weird best thing. possible outcome for this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it is, it's also weird. Like, why would you put in a kill switch that you could kill the entire thing all at the same time? But it, that's just it. You couldn't kill it all at the same time. Well, you could. You create the sinkhole. You're like, oh, you're all done. Right. If you went through the trouble of, of registering that domain, sure. But it's such a long and weird domain, nobody would ever just randomly register that. So... Dude, if you if, unless that website exists, the virus. So somebody keeps on had keep so on. somebody had found this first privately and just bought that domain. They could have sold it to the world for a billion dollars. No, you'd have to wait. What? You'd have to wait. You'd have to wait till the virus launched. You'd have to wait for all this information to come out, and then somebody would be like, "Why do you have that domain?" You're like I talked to a wizard and <laughs> told me to buy this very very specific domain. That, by the way, you'd have to intentionally point nowhere, which I don't even think you can do. But I could be wrong. Maybe if you just deleted the DNS entries for that particular domain. Because when they were picking this, this domain, they clearly checked to see if anybody had that domain. Because if they did, then, well, we got to try a different number. Then. Jesus. You know? So you, it would, you'd, you'd be really – I guess on that day, if you were able to find out that – whoever found out that information, these guys, the uh, – the sinkhole people, um, uh, sinkhole.tech, they, yeah, they're they're good. Like, they... They're helpful. They were helpful, but God knows if they charge anybody money for that or anything. I don't know. But... Oops. Sinkhole etch. Let's see, sinkhole.tech. Oh, tech is not an actual valid domain uh, thing. No, you, you put E-T-C-H. There. I know, but... Uh yeah, sinkhole.tech domain. Uh, I did try it with an ETCH. Sinkhole.tech. Yeah, see. Yeah. Weird. Anyway. Um Yeah, so I I mean maybe they, they might have gotten a couple bucks out of the deal. 
<laughs> problem. <laughs> hey, guys, we got the domain that'll solve this problem. Definitely uh, Russians? No. Well, they said this, that for some weird reason, this program only oh. attacked the phone lines Oh, you meant, the, you meant the fucking, uh, the people who Did spread the, the virus? Yeah. Oh, yeah, probably, almost certainly, yeah, yeah, almost certainly Russians, yeah. Because, yeah, no attacks on America. Uh, mostly UK healthcare of all things. Goddamn socialists. Well, because they, they run older computers in the healthcare industry, right? But you because didn't have you didn't have to run that old of a computer. Yeah, anything yeah. before Windows ten, which is pretty recent. Yeah, it's yeah, like a year or two ago. Yeah. So you know, and America Windows rocks 10 a lot of a, Apple. <laughs> uh, Windows not 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 nearly as much as they do Windows. Um, but uh, I would think uh, even as a healthcare professional, you wouldn't upgrade to Windows 10 because you're like, oh, it's all those tiles and shit. Yeah. I don't want all those tiles and shit. I need a desktop, you know, I need a blah, blah. So you'd go with Windows 8.1 or something and call it a day. Well, healthcare industry is very famous. For, like They get a piece of technology that works for the job that it does. There's no reason to get a newer computer to put it on. It, it, this works. And we've got the machine that goes bing. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah. It says a minor variant of the virus has been found. It looks to have had the kill switch hexified out. Not done by recompile, so probably not done by the original mal- malware author. On the other hand, it is the only change. The encryption keys are the same. The Bitcoin address is the same. On the other hand, it is corrupt, so the ransomware aspect of it doesn't work. Only propagates. So, there you go. Jeez. Good stuff. Yeah. Ugh. What yeah, a mess. Yeah. Bad stuff. Bad stuff. But there you go. That's how that all went down. And uh, I got plenty of links on you can look into more information. So the NSA did have to basically kind of de facto admit that they were hacked. Uh, yeah, I think they didn't. I think they still, they still like haven't assholes. really. But like after this, they kind of de facto have to admit they were hacked. I guess. I mean, yeah, I suppose it's so, from the file that was claimed to have come from them, and everything about it and sounds they were like the ones, something they would have done. And they were the ones that told Microsoft about that exact exploit. Yeah. So yeah, I guess so. Well, be outraged, I guess. Yeah, this is our world. So, okay, so that's true. Now what? <laughs> kind of. You know, it's just what are you gonna what are you gonna do now? Okay, so that's true. What? What now? What you got? Yeah, fair point. You know. Okay, uh I'm gonna tease I'm gonna tease uh two, two uh stories that we'll be doing next time on Vulgar Salivating. Tech. Uh the first one is not particularly that scary. It's just sort of well, I'll 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 play this video and maybe it'll Maybe it'll make sense. I don't know why. You're going to have to turn the volume up on the board. Oh, yeah. Did I, do, did I turn that down? Okay. Yeah. Our brains are never intended to make smart investment decisions, and, and machines are the ones who should do it for us. The human brain operates by making simple if-then-else choices, and very good so-called investors have a massive number of if-then-else choices in their head. But if you think about a quantitative AI-based investment algorithm, it's actually looking at infinite amount of data. That is, 
stock data, commodities data, uh, what Donald Trump said yesterday, uh, the research reports, the analyst reports, consumer sentiment, what people are tweeting about, all of that can be taken into account to make a decision. So that decision of whether to buy a stock is informed by perhaps 2,000 dimensions of interesting content, out of which it makes a complex curve of that separates worth buying from not worth buying. Uh, last year, the, these algorithms did about eight times the return of my private banking investments. Uh, the year That's before, it did about two times uh, better than the private banking investments. So I'm very happy with that, and gradually I will shift all of my money to be managed by machines. All of? Did he say all of them? If you weren't texting, you'd have seen it says on the machine on the screen right there. I will shift all of my money. To oh no, I saw. Yeah, okay. I, so the discussion well, we will mute. the discussion yeah. we will end up having is is mostly a moral one because my knee jerk reaction when I when I heard this my knee jerk reaction was I don't like the idea of a of a of an emotionless investor. Yeah, I don't either. You know, that's right off the bat. It's like I realize most emotion, most investors are already yeah emotionless. We'll, we'll talk about it more but, next uh, week. But no, that I Warren Buffett, the the richest man in the world, uh, has stood by the fact that he goes, you know, I I'm not an emotionless investor. I I don't invest in things that I feel are poorly run or bad to their employees and yeah, you know, it's But a, a computer would tell you, no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, that Enron looks great. Yeah. Um. And this one from The Observer, another thing we will talk about. The real Edward Snowden is a patsy, a fraud, and a Kremlin-controlled pawn. <laughs> Few American defectors to Moscow ever return home. Most fade away in a haze of vodka and regret. And uh, it's a very well-sourced article. Links all over the fucking place. I'll have to send this to you uh, so you can read yeah, it. have to read the whole thing. It's uh, quite a fascinating look. And I, I, I don't remember everything we talked about when we talked about Snowden. But I do recall, after watching that documentary, being suspicious of a number of his claims. Where I was like, that just doesn't make sense. Why are you using those numbers? Why are you saying it this way? Why are you... You know. Why are you being so ex- exaggerative? Yeah. Exaggerative. It's like, oh, it does 15 terabytes of data in 30 seconds. And you're like, no, it doesn't. It couldn't. That would be impossible because there's not that much data in the world. There's not that much hard drive space on Earth. So yeah. where are you holding Yeah, It this said shit? that it could absorb nine gigabits a second. Yeah, something. And you were like, yeah, you, could, you can absorb that, but you can't save it. Yeah. I, yeah, whatever the number was. I remember doing the math and I was like, you need – Three times what Google's yeah, I remember entire we did the math storage is. Yeah. Fucking for, for, a year. for like a year or two. It was like, no, you're definitely not doing that. So it discusses that. And uh, I mean, things like that. It, it discusses sort of it gets into your head with that. Wait a minute. Let's look at this fucking weird claim that he makes. Uh, probably for me uh, throughout the thing is the the number of smoking gun statements that you know other people have made about him that again i was always suspicious of he was not some master hacker he was not some brilliant computer genius who and he wasn't even an who, altruistic yeah who stumbled know. upon after working here for years and all this no he took the job and was and immediately like with the intent the first, of doing this. the first week was asking for access to things he should not have access to and 
immediately when he got the access he was looking for, he pulled it off the, with, the, with the flash drive and then disappeared and went to Russia. Like well, no, he went, he went to Hong Kong and whatever it is. Yeah, sorry, to Russia, but uh, like literally left work on Friday. And on Monday, they were like, "Where's Ed?" Uh Hong Kong. Yeah, and then he called, and then he's like, "I'm in Hong Kong. Fuck you guys, or whatever." I guess he didn't even send like a proper resignation, something like that. I don't know. Anyway, we will look into whether Snowden is a Kremlin-controlled pawn next time on, on Vulgar, Vulgar Tech. Tech. And and that's that's it for this time. So thanks for <laughs> rate us and things. Thanks, thanks for joining us on episode sixteen. Yes, rate rate the uh, rate the damn thing. Riffopolis.com. Yeah, do that.